1: Hello, everyone. Welcome into a, another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry of the Catspaws. Derek, it's Tennessee week, and uh, we have some some big-time episodes coming up.
2: We do. I uh, want to apologize for yesterday. Um, Sean's a very busy man, and what we're learning, Sean, daily podcasts can be very difficult <laughs> to get time uh <laughs> Every single day during the week, just with things that pop up. We both have other things going on. For me, very busy time of the year with football and still trying to complete the Catsballs yearly basketball yearbook. So uh, that's tough, but we'll make up for it. we got a really good interview coming today with Matt Roark, a uh, fan favorite, obviously, for what he did in 2011. And we'll have Wes Rucker on tomorrow of uh, Go walls 247. He's a big name down there. I'm sure you folks are very familiar with him, those who are on Twitter. So I like what we have coming up, though, Sean.
1: I do, too. And I did – the one thing that I did find time to do yesterday before my schedule went totally crazy was I made it out to the Butcher's Pub. And, Derek, they have – they've brought back Taco Tuesday. And they have four options. They have chicken fajita, pulled pork, Baja, and Cajun shrimp. And they're $2 each every Tuesday at the Butcher's Pub. I had three. That's not a good thing to say, I know. Three big tacos. But I had three. The other person with me had two, and our bill was literally $10 for really good tacos. And it's every Tuesday at the Butcher's Pub. There's two locations, one in Williamsburg, Kentucky, one in Pineville, Kentucky. So be sure to get out to the Butcher's Pub. Today's Wing Wednesday at the Pub. 75-cent wings, $2 domestic. So there's deals all week at the Pub. You can check them out on Facebook or visit thebutcherspub.com. Derek, you already previewed. Our guest today will be Matt Roark in that 2011 win. And we've got some stories to share about that. Do you want to share them before we get into that interview or do you want to share after that interview?
2: Let's let them hear from the man himself first and then uh, we'll give some reaction to what he said. And then from what I remember and what you remember about uh, about that, it's truly hard to believe it's been almost 10 years now since that happened.
1: It is. So we're not going to, you're not going to have to wait any longer. Here's the man himself, Matt Rowart. You're listening to Kentucky Daily. Call Bryant Law, 261-7381. This is Attorney Jeremy Bryant. Have you been injured at work in the last 24 months? Contact Bryant Law. We want you to understand that every dime an insurance company keeps from you is another one they keep in their pocket. You're entitled to just compensation. So don't let the insurance company tell you what's proper. After all, you're the one who has been injured on the job. I'll evaluate your case and tell you the truth. Call Bryant Law in Corbin and get what you deserve. Visit online at jeremybryantlaw.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Kentucky Daily, as now we're joined by former Kentucky Wildcat Matt Roart. Matt, thanks for joining us. No problem, man.
0: Thanks for having me. Good time Matt. of the year. I love, love when it comes, so thanks
1: for reaching out. Matt, it's Tennessee week. It's uh, probably one of your favorite weeks of the Kentucky football schedule <laughs> just because it brings back some good memories.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, like I said, it's a great time of year. Uh, Tennessee week always brings up a bunch of memories. People come out uh, from everywhere to, you know, message me or always during the game I'll get a tweet or something. Hey, remember this? Remember that? So, I always pay attention and keep up with it. So,
2: it's a good time. Matt, you were on teams that had you know, broken a few other streaks. Uh, I know 2010, that team you were on, they beat Steve Spurrier for the first time in South Carolina. <laughs> part of teams at one row games at Auburn and Georgia in 09. But was there any other game, though, in your career that maybe stands out or you enjoyed more than that 2011 win against Tennessee?
0: No, definitely not. Um, all that other stuff was good. Uh, probably the second one to that was when we beat Georgia and Athens because I'm from Georgia. Uh, and a lot of guys on the team were at the same time. So it was real big for us. And that was the high point until Tennessee. But, yeah, when we when we won that game, I mean, it couldn't have been a more ideal, perfect situation. It was my senior night. Uh, I got to play quarterback again for the last time in my life. So, it, nothing tops that for me personally. And uh, it's – I mean, it's it comes up all the time. And I always think about it. And family it always brings it up. So,
1: n- nothing can beat that. What was the preparation like for that week? How much – how simplified was that offense? How many plays did you all actually have?
0: Uh, I believe we went into the game with about maybe 55, 50 plays, uh, cutting down from, you know, hundreds. Uh, we simplified it down to the, in the 50s. Uh, but uh, obviously we didn't even run all 50. We, we, we kept it pretty simple. Uh, doing the read options, the rollout passes, and and just the quarterback quarterback run and handing the ball off to the running back, which you know it was it was a it was a group effort. Everybody was involved. It was the most fun. Uh, everybody believed. Uh, so the pre- the preparation we we had four days. Practice starts Tuesday, You got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, some walkthroughs and then game. So wasn't much preparation, but it was it was simplified and you know, a bunch of veterans on the team, and it was familiar
2: to us. So it, 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 was,
0: it, was, uh, it was pretty simple.
2: So I was at that game. Uh, it's hard to believe it's been almost 10 years, but my recollection of that was that maybe that Friday – you can help me remember this – I thought maybe that Friday it started to trickle out that maybe something different was going to be done on offense. But from what I remember, though – it seemed like everybody did a pretty good job keeping that quiet until game time. Am I right in remembering it that way?
0: Uh, yeah, I would assume so. I know – I don't think anybody know. Tennessee definitely didn't know. Um, game day, I did pregame warm-ups as a receiver with gloves on, wristbands, and catching balls. So, we didn't give anything away there. Um, I mean, maybe some stuff leaked out through throughout the week that I was practicing as quarterback. But I mean, honestly, I didn't even know until Tuesday before the game. Um, I thought I had heard from T. Martin, who was our uh, receiver coach at the time Hey, Matt, you might be playing some quarterback this week. I was like, Okay, cool. I mean, I was already like the backup Wildcat quarterback, which is, you know, a smaller package, four or five plays a game. I never actually did it, but I was a backup. So I, I was thinking maybe I would do that, come out Tuesday uh, for the first practice of the week. And like, all right, Matt, get a quarterback. Uh, I was like okay here we go I guess I'm doing it all the way so yeah I think we did a pretty good job of keeping it keeping it under wraps and nobody leaked anything Uh, Tennessee definitely didn't know about it and uh, so that had something to do with it because you know they were kind of caught off guard for
1: the first half. Derek mentioned that's been almost 10 years but last year Lynn Bowden you know went in at quarterback Mm and how how impressive was it that that was able to work as well as it did for as long as it did last season. Cause it was, I think, was it Derek, the last eight games of the season pretty much seven, eight games.
2: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I think, I think eight's right. Yeah.
1: I mean, that was pretty impressive. I
0: know he's, he's a monster. He's got the biggest heart and you know, all that, all that happens when the team loves you and respects you and, can count on you, and obviously he's he done a lot of groundwork up to that point to earn all that trust and respect. And when everybody's on board with the coaches and, and what's going on at the time, a great athlete like him can get it done. We did the same thing uh, earlier in my career with Randall Cobb. Uh, it, it, it doesn't matter who's playing that position. If all the guys are on board with it, everyone trusts and respects you and your leadership. And, uh, and you're a playmaker, athlete. Uh, those guys are obviously way better playmakers and athletes than I was. But I only had to do it for one game. Those, those guys did it for a lot. Um, Bowden last year, I mean, he was the backbone of the team. And everybody respected him. And they would jump through a wall, wall for him. And that's the only way that something like that can be successful. And it proved to be last year.
2: Last thing I want to ask about that uh, Tennessee game in 2011 is obviously every year uh, before that game, people would ask about the streak. I think it was, what, Sean, like 26 games, I think, before it finally got snapped, something like that. 26 games. It seemed like always the answer was, you know, we're not worried about the streak. We're just going to go out here and play another game. But once you guys did win that game and you saw the fans storm the field, and you get carried off, (laughs) carried off the field in your final game. I mean, was that – maybe just the realization of, of what that game really meant to people and, and to win it in that way. Uh, I guess just how cool was that?
0: Yeah, it was – I mean, it was really cool. Obviously, the moment wouldn't have been what it was if it wasn't for the streak. Yeah. Um, But, I mean, it was just – it was time that it happened. It, we'd been so close before, uh, even before – way before me. I can remember over the years – five overtimes and, you know, crazy stuff happening at the end of games. And it was just, it was just time for it to happen. Um, we believed that, that we could do it. We, I mean, we almost pretty much guaranteed it. We didn't say it publicly uh, just because, you know, you're not supposed to do stuff like that. But uh, in the locker room, I had two bottles of champagne in my backpack, ready to go afterwards. So uh we, we we pretty much knew that was our time. And, uh, you know, Tennessee was down that year. Uh, they weren't what Tennessee has been in the past. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the last time that 26 prior when uh, when Kentucky has beaten Tennessee, Joker Phillips was a player. And he was our coach during that time. Uh, so it's kind of ironic all the way around. I mean, my dad was a player on that team with Joker at the same time. So it's – uh. It was just it was just really cool, really ironic, really big for me, really big for my family, uh, really big for the program. Uh, you know, just I mean, it's the longest losing streak in the country. You gotta you gotta be able to end that yeah. at some point. And we knew it was gonna be that day.
1: Matt, I know as a UK alum, you've been following this program under Mark Stoops. They're they're off to a one and two start this season. They did get things together Saturday night versus Mississippi State. Uh, what do you what do you think about this team so far, and how much have you got to watch them to this point?
0: Uh, I I haven't watched any game start to end. Um, you know, I got three kids under five years old, so I'm kind of running around crazy with them. But uh, I watch bits and pieces. I keep up with it on social media. Um, like you said, they're one and two, but they could very easily be three and zero. Oh. I know, those those first two games kind of slipped away uh there's no excuses uh to lose a game but it, we could have very easily won those games it just you know how it goes sometimes i was excited that they got the win last week uh you know first time uh what's his name uh the coach at Mississippi State came back to lexington yeah and complete. put a shutout put a shutout pretty much for Mike Leach. that's that's crazy i mean i don't know if he's ever been shut out but uh but it was it was cool watching leading up to the game. They showed all these uh Tim Couch highlights of Leech on the sideline and stuff. And I was like, Is that the first time he's come back? I don't know if it is or not, but it was it was it was nice to see them put it all together. Great defensive performance, man. Those guys are flying around. Um, and to to put a shutout and win on the home field, that's that's what we asked for. Protect the stadium. So
2: Man, the last question I have for you is uh Yesterday it was actually the 13-year anniversary of Kentucky beating LSU, and I know you were a senior in high school, I believe, at that point. Uh, one, were you at that game? I was not
0: at that game. I was in the state of Kentucky for that game. Uh, I have grandparents that live out east in Hazard, Kentucky, okay. and I actually went to a Hazard high school game that night, and I was... Or was that the night before? I can't remember if it was the night before or the night after. I was going to go, but I ended up just sticking around with my family because my uncles were in town and stuff, and they wanted to go there, so I did that. But uh, I remember that win, um, Dickie Lyons and Andre Woodson, those guys. Um, but, no, I did not make it there.
2: I was just going to ask about, I mean, the uh, I'm sure you were at other games, and I know you signed that year, just the excitement around the program at that time I think for a lot of people up until probably 2018 here a few years ago that was still probably for most fans their their favorite year to that point
0: yeah it was it was a crazy year I went to the Louisville game that year and I went to the most miserable game of my life the Tennessee game that year I think that was the big overtime game and I had been to other games during that year so uh it was really just me and my mom and it was freezing cold that day, man. And it just drug on so long and so long. And that was another one of the close close calls where we could have won it at the end and it just didn't happen. Um, but that the Louisville game that year, that, that was crazy. I remember uh, the fans were nuts. That was really probably my first taste of uh, Kentucky fans in their full strength during that game and, I remember the last play of the game when Stevie Johnson caught that game when it and just erupted. And I was like, wow, this is, this is what I've got to look forward to for the next couple of years, four years of my life. So that, that, that year was great. I, I wish I would have went to the LSU game because that might have topped, uh, topped that Louisville game. So I missed out by not going to that, but it was a great year.
1: Last question for you. So, so your team ended the streak, but there's still a streak. Going with Kentucky, Tennessee. Kentucky's looking for their first win in Knoxville since 1984. Matt, what? Would, Mark Stoops has accomplished a lot at Kentucky, but what would that mean to finally get that monkey off his back, winning on the road in Knoxville?
0: Uh, I, I think it would. It would be. It would be great for the program, just like uh, any win on the road in the SEC, obviously. But uh, for him, you know, it's just, it's just another, another step of getting over the hill. I mean, or over the hump. He's gotten, he's gotten to the top of the hump, and this will just be able to propel him one step further. Uh, if we can finish the season strong enough to win out and, uh, you know, 8-2, and two, I think that will get him over the hump and uh, get to the SEC championship, represent the East. I think that's, that's the next step for him. It's, it's so close, and you can almost taste it. He's done a great job so far. It's just one more step and and that would just be another stepping stone in that process. And it would just be more more fuel for us to get on to somebody every time we see one of those orange hats walking around somewhere.
1: So uh I did say last question, but I guess I should have wrapped up with this. You were doing some coaching recently, right? Were you were you
2: coaching somewhere uh, recently?
0: Yeah. So I was coaching in high school for couple years maybe four years and then uh joker phillips got hired at uh, cincinnati so i went up there with him and i was coaching with them for two years at the university of cincinnati with the receivers under him uh i I stopped doing it in uh 2018 was the last season uh so i did that for two years you know i was just testing the waters you know i wanted to be involved with football uh regardless going on throughout my life but um you know, the lifestyle just wasn't uh, wasn't what I wanted for my family. You know, I got three young kids, and I need to be there for them, and it's, it's very demanding, uh, and, you know, it's, it's, it just wasn't allowing me to be there for them the way I want to. So I got out of coaching, um, now working uh, for a company. I actually live out here in Phoenix, Arizona. So I've uh, been out here for two years and uh, just, you know, progressing, taking care of my family. Watching football, we're blessed to have it this year. I mean, a lot of people thought we wouldn't, but we do, so it's all good. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's what I'm doing now.
1: Good stuff, Matt. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to join us.
0: No problem, man. I appreciate you guys having me. Go Big Blue and beat the Vols.
1: He's Matt Roark, and you're listening to Kentucky Daily. We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome back to Kentucky daily. Uh, Derek, uh, before we get into our stories, what did you think about the, he, they believed that they were going to win that game and he had two bottles of champagne ready to go.
2: Yeah. That's a story I hadn't heard before. Uh, really cool. I mean, kind of like calling a shot, you know, he said, you know, they didn't say it publicly, but the question I asked him was, was just how I remembered it. Like, uh, I was at that game. Um, uh, my friend Ryan who's a big Tennessee fan I'm gonna give him a shout out this episode he'll be featured here in a minute once I tell my story uh and then my brother Dalton also was up there with us and from what I remember it was just kind of how we got there a little bit late I think maybe Kentucky was on its first drive that day and I kind of recall that maybe they were going to be doing some wide receivers like different things with Matt Rourke at quarterback but that's how I remembered it and it was it was a different time Twitter was around back then but I, I don't know if you think that would have leaked out more in today's news?
1: It, it would have. It absolutely would have. Uh I'll ask you this, which neither one of us were in media then. We were just fans.
2: I was in high and, school. And yeah, I literally
1: <laughs> was just out of high school. Could you could you see the practice fields better back then than you can now to look out and see what's going on?
2: No, you could probably see it much better now with Kentucky's current setup. I mean, if you're just driving around uh, on Alumni Drive. I mean, you go yeah. through the roundabouts right there, you can see everything at practice. Not not necessarily safe to have done that, but uh, back when I was at Tim Couchfield's, no, I think it would have been much more difficult to uh, see in a practice.
1: So the only way it would have leaked, it would been if the media would have picked it's up would have found or out, yeah. if one of the players would have said something. And I'm, and I'm sure it's hard to keep that quiet. It Well, we saw last year with Lynn Bowden, they were putting out pictures of Lynn Bowden, you know, running in, in the red quarterback jersey so it's like they were it's different social media is different now too
2: and that also played him a little bit against South Carolina I mean just a little bit that last drive so you knew it was going to be a possibility given the (laughs) how serious the injuries were at quarterback
1: but I'll tell you this I'll tell you my story about this game in 2011 so I went to I attended every single Kentucky football home game with family from like 2006 all the way through 2010 that season 2011 Florida was one of the last games that I went to and it was 31 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. And I remember I said, I can't watch this anymore. (laughs) And I did go to the Ole Miss game earlier in that year too, that they won. But the Tennessee game, I had suffered through a lot of heartbreak in that stadium and it was recent heartbreak. It was like three years where it was just brutal and I'd been to Knoxville and watched them every year. I think that was the first Kentucky Tennessee game I had missed in eight years. And I was like, I'm not going. There's no chance. They Both quarterbacks are banged up. You know, Morgan Newton hadn't been great that year. Maxwell Smith looked good against Ole Miss, but he was banged up. I was like, there's no chance that this is the year that they went. I gave my tickets away. Didn't sell them. I gave them to someone. (laughs) And I'm sitting in Alabama watching the game at someone else's house, and I said, there's no way. I actually left and went to lunch somewhere. At a Mexican restaurant because I said there's no way they went and I come back and watch the last five minutes and sure enough they won and it's probably one of the biggest regrets of my life that I wasn't there that day
2: yeah so like I was saying uh my story is my buddy Ryan who I'm still close with today and then of course my brother we went up there and had a hard time finding a parking spot back then actually where we parked he came and parked now it's where the new dorms are of about Willie T Young library but we got over to the game and Like every other year, I think you just assumed with with Matt Roark playing quarterback, like you just don't think that's going to be the day that they win. And it was like a very slow build. And I don't, it wasn't a sellout that day. It was a good crowd, but it wasn't a sellout. But when Kashyyyk Williams scored that touchdown to put them up 10 to zero, it was about as loud as any stadium I'd been in, I think, until, you know, going back to like 2007 um I think that's when people really started to believe because I think that was maybe like the first play of the fourth quarter it was very early on in the fourth quarter and I want to say Tennessee went down and scored the very next drive and it was kind of just like you were waiting waiting on how it was going to happen and then it never did but what was funny about that is once Kentucky won uh Ryan's girlfriend at the time they're married now uh she was a Kentucky fan so me her and my brother all stormed the field like everybody else did. And Ryan, being the Tennessee fan, was pouting and uh, walked back to the car and just waited on <laughs> us to get back. So uh, I still had a video. Well, I'm, I don't have any more, but I used to have a video on my phone uh, when we were on the field. Uh, I always thought that was funny uh, that Ryan just walked back to the car. After, I mean, I know Ryan's going to listen to this. I mean, one time, Ryan, in 20 something years, one time, he just couldn't be happy for anybody. Uh, and up to this point, I mean, Ever since then, Tennessee's won all but one game in the series. So, that was a, that was a good memory growing up, going to the game. Just like like Matt said in the podcast, just how – I mean, does he get carried off the field if they beat Vanderbilt? Like, no, he doesn't. But it was really – the way that that had to happen, that all those years when Kentucky had great quarterbacks who didn't beat Tennessee, and then it was the wide receiver who uh, had just started taking practice snaps that Tuesday who was the guy that, uh, that led him to a win.
1: Incredible. Just an incredible s- story. Just an incredible event. I mean, I I'm still to this day, like I'm just 10 to seven, 10 to seven was the final score of that game. Just so bizarre. Like the way that they played, the defense had to show out. They got the interception there at the end. And that's when you knew, you know, it's, it's finally going to happen. And then just the victory formation. They, they actually subbed in a quarterback for the victory formation, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that's the only the that's the only snaps that that an actual quarterback that, got in that That was game. still
2: before the days that, uh, you know, you see these shotgun teams now, they'll just take a shotgun and knee it. Back then it seemed like you would still get under center to take the snap. But, uh no, uh, last thing I wanted to make a point on that game was when I was at, at college at UK, I graduated in 2017. So I think all those years there was a Herald-Leader uh, – whatever you call it, paper stand, whatever, where you could buy a newspaper and, or no, maybe it was the Colonel. I think it might have been the Kentucky Colonel, the student newspaper where you could get the paper and the logo on the, the box was of Matt being carried off the field that day. So I guess they got in the locker room and and popped that champagne. And obviously, I mean, the Joker Phillips era, um, he, he didn't do a good job. We saw that by the end and the kind of roster that was left for Stoops those first few years, but, for all the things that maybe went wrong in his tenure, ending the South Carolina streak against Steve Spurrier and uh, ending the Tennessee streak were, were two things that happened under Joker's watch that, that were really big for the program. I mean, I don't think it was a long-term like obviously beating Tennessee didn't do a whole lot for the program uh, except kind of end the nightmare that had been for, and like you said, Sean, like about as gut-wrenching a losses as you could have had in, the two home games prior to that against Tennessee, 0-9 was an overtime loss uh, to Tennessee, and then two thousand and seven, like Matt talked about on the podcast, four overtimes uh, when Kentucky had a chance down there, and that's not, that's on top of the games in Knoxville that they had a chance to win yeah. as well. Well, even
1: the year before that they won in eleven. Uh, I was there in the UK section. Randall Cobb. They started out really, really well. They I think they scored first, and then things kind of just unraveled, as as it often does in that series. Uh, but Kentucky-Tennessee, Knoxville Saturday. uh, It's Kentucky's – they're searching for their first win in Knoxville since 1984, Derek. It's uh, another streak that I know Mark Stoops would like to just sort of throw to the side just to get it out there. And this would be – yes, we don't know what Tennessee is going to be at the end of the year. Tennessee's not a Florida or a Georgia or an Alabama or one of those programs. But winning on the road in Knoxville would would be a big step. It would be another step that this program – it's one of the next steps that they have to take if they, you know, Matt mentioned, you know, winning the East, you don't consistently become a contender in the East until you can win this game consistently. You can't go two and eight for a 10 year. You have to get this thing to four or five wins or maybe even six.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Tennessee. Um, I, I got a lot of respect for, for that, Program. I mean, they uh, we will have less on tomorrow and I want to dig more into the uh, kind of perception of, of Tennessee. He'll be really good from that angle. But they're still at the point right now where you, you see it as a winnable game much more than Georgia, for example. I, that's my opinion. Maybe other fans think of it differently, but I don't really see the case for it. Um, what's really disappointing, I think, about this series, the fact that we're still talking about this is it was that 2018 team had a chance to I mean, if they won that game, there would have been no no blemishes really at all. Like, you can accept losing at Texas A&M. Yeah, they didn't play well that day, but it's A&M, a team you don't see a whole lot. And then Georgia was just better than Kentucky that year. Like, there's no shame in getting beat by a better team. But the way they played Knoxville in 2018, uh, that was really disappointing. That was by far the low spot that year on that team. And they played they I mean, strong. That was the last game they lost that year. But uh, I mean, it just, just seems like ball. every time
1: – huh? The Citrus Bowl was a huge bowl game, but Kentucky was a win in Knoxville away from a New Year's Six.
2: Yeah, could have played like in, the, were, in Atlanta, probably. Yeah. And there, the there was bowl. some, yeah.
1: Wasn't there some talk too about the Fiesta Bowl? Weren't they in, like, in some conversation for that a lot too? Of, yeah.
2: yeah, I know LSU ended up going to that bowl, right, to play UCF. So, they did. from what I remember, it would have been the, the game that Florida went to against Michigan. I think it's Chick fil A Bowl. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's the one that it is now, or Peach Bowl, or whatever they used to yeah. call it. But, um, No, he, uh, you know, Stoops still, and I think I mentioned it the other day, like, you know, he set the game a set with him not very well with how it all played out that day. And it's a noon game down there this year. So, both road games this year have been at noon. I don't know if that means anything or not. I just think it's interesting because for so long, they just seem like they played 430. Is it Missouri
1: at noon too? Yes, (laughs)
2: Yes, <laughs> pretty much uh, so. <laughs> all the road games this year, it sounds like they're going to be at noon, which wouldn't be Well, Alabama, I'm sure, is going to be a nice slide. It always is for Alabama. I don't think they play noon games, do they? No.
1: No, they don't play noon games, especially on the SEC network. <laughs> so, uh, But, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll both be in Knoxville, Derek. It's the first time we're on the road together since last season. And we'll have a recap of whatever happens at Neyland Stadium in Knoxville. So either Kentucky fans will be celebrating or they'll be sitting here wondering, is it ever going to happen in Knoxville? Is Kentucky ever going to get a win? Uh, we'll be back later in the week to give our predictions. Like you said, Wes will be joining us on tomorrow's episode to, you know, preview that matchup and give us, some ten- give us a little bit of the pulse and the buzz in Knoxville following a loss to Georgia. Uh, I know a lot of Tennessee fans. I engage with a lot of Tennessee fans daily where I I literally live two minutes from the Tennessee state line. So I, I, I know most of my friends are Tennessee fans. So I get to, I sort of get the feel of that program on a daily basis. So I'm going to be interested in asking uh, Wes some questions. And honestly, Derek, I might take, we might take some fans, some questions from Tennessee fans too. Since I know some, Um, we'll get to see if, uh, see if we get some engagement from that side. We'll also have a mailbag episode
2: later in the week. Anything you want to add, Derek? No, just, uh, I think this was a good interview with Matt. Uh, like you said, I don't, I don't know if you said it on this, but before we were, uh, recording, but hadn't heard a whole lot about Matt lately, how he'd been. So, uh, just, uh, a great figure for somebody who ha- he had had some good games in his career at Kentucky, but just kind of became, uh, uh, I don't know, just like a, a folk hero almost he, in terms of what he did that day to uh, lead Kentucky a to a
1: win. He was a blocked PAT and field goal specialist, though. I think I counted seven throughout his Kentucky career. Derek, how many? We don't see many now, and to have oh. seven, like that's. That's crazy. What was the guy's name that they had that was really called Lonel, Lonel. Yes, I he remember.
2: my record, I think.
1: Yeah, like just an incredible athlete there on the other side. But Matt was a Matt was a long receiver. Like he was a guy that had a lot of size, and he found his way to make an impact. He had a game too with what thirteen catches, twelve catches, one hundred seventy. I think one hundred seventy yards.
2: I can remember going to Mississippi State game one year where it seemed like he had a ton of catches. It would have been a great, game. I don't think there were any touchdowns, but he would have had a great fantasy day. He would have had probably well over 20 points uh, in a PPR league for the effort that he put out there that night. I think it was the same year, actually. I think it was the senior year that that yeah. happened. So, yeah, that those were an uh, interesting era of Kentucky football. Obviously, they weren't very good, but it was my senior year. Uh, that was actually my junior year in high school, but I got up there. Quite a bit for games back then, uh, even before college, and you know they were still the the divide back then. I'll go say it was much bigger than it is now with the kind of upper echelon teams in the SEC. But uh, those were good memories, though I guess for Kentucky fans for sure. The beating Tennessee, beating South Carolina in 2010. I mean, really, really, Sean. Every year they're from like oh. Maybe not in 08 as much, but like 07 to 2011, there was some kind of big win pretty much every year that seemed like maybe it would be one to kind of get the program going. But for whatever reason, it just didn't really work out.
1: No, it didn't. They they certainly have some big wins now, but this would be a big one if Mark Stoops can get it. Uh, Once again, we want to apologize that you didn't get a Tuesday episode of Kentucky Daily. Uh, That's the first time that we've ever missed a weekday, Derek. Uh, We have recorded – every game, post-game. So some episodes you've got, some weeks you've got six, some weeks you've had seven episodes, but we will make up for that at some point here soon. Like that's what I told Derek, we got to have, that's why I went ahead and, you know, reached out to Matt. I actually reached out to him yesterday. So we thought that we would give you that episode. We have Wes tomorrow. We have our mailbag episode. We might do our mailbag episode separate and then do our predictions episode or something, but you will get an additional episode at some point for what we missed. And then we will have a recap Saturday from Neyland stadium. Both of us will be there and we'll see if Kentucky can do this, but this has been another episode of Kentucky daily. We'll catch you tomorrow.